Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Radical. Fundamental principles of freedom. Rational self-interest and individual rights. This is The Yaron Brook Show. All right, everybody. Welcome to Yaron Brook Show on this uh, Monday early afternoon here in Puerto Rico. Hope everybody is having a uh, had a fantastic weekend. Looking forward to a great week. Uh, yes, a great week of your on book shows. We will continue to be doing uh, our news updates on a daily basis. And there will be a show uh, tomorrow on Tuesday. And of course, Thursday, we've got an interview. And uh, Saturday, we'll have another show. So continuing, continuing our regular schedule of shows. Hours vary a little bit for the newsy shows, but they're all within a window of a couple of hours. Somewhere between, I don't know, 10 to uh, 12, a, uh, 10 to 12 uh, uh, during the week, uh, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Uh, during the week for the uh, news updates, and then uh, 7 p.m. East Coast time for the evenings. All right, let's jump in. Uh, quickly, this is not a news-related item, but what the hell, um, it is something I talked about on a show last week, and that was, you remember Matt Walsh, and remember the whole issue of masculinity and everything. So I just want to read you a tweet that Matt Walsh put out on February 4th, just to, just to clarify that I was not misleading you about Matt Walsh's views on masculinity and male-female relationships. So this is Matt Walsh's tweet. All a man wants is to come home from a long day at work to a grateful wife and children who are glad to see him. And dinner, cooking on the stove, this is literally all it takes to make a man happy. We are simple. Give us this, and you will have given us nearly everything we need. <laughs> Sorry. It's just hysterical. <laughs> so you, you, you don't want anything but a wife that cooks dinner and keeps the children smiling as you walk home and, and, and makes you feel good. Talk about men with low self-esteem and low ambition and uh, uh, very little demands and, and uh, uh, you know, don't want any challenges. And God, God forbid you have a creative, ambitious wife who challenges you and inspires you. No, 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 that's too much. I just want a woman who makes me food. I, I mean, not, I don't even mention sex over there. I mean, wow. All right. Anyway, off topic, but um, uh, that, is, uh, that is quite something. 
to have that view of male female relations and um and still have a, an audience of two million people. There are a lot of you guys who listen to this idiot Matt Welsh, who is a complete moron, and who all he is is a is is a is a caricature of what uh, he, he, people imagine life was. I guess in um, in the nineteen uh, in the nineteen fifties, uh, you know, when when women were sweet and subservient and did everything their men wanted to. And, and just placated their man and just cooked him dinner. And as long as you keep a man's stomach happy, everything is good. It, nothing else matters. Men are guided by their stomach. Or, uh, I thought I always thought it was by sex, but I guess it's by their stomach, and that's all that matters. As long as you cook him a good meal and you keep his, the kids from bugging him, right? Keep the kids from bugging him when he comes home. You, are, you know, that is the ideal relationship. Let me go throw up. I'll be right back. God. All right. Um, you know, we've been talking about this story for a while now. Uh, the, 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 the balloon, uh, it, it, you know, the balloon uh, was finally shot down over the coast of uh, just off the shore of uh, South Carolina. They made sure to do it in American, in uh, U.S. Um, uh, waters so that they could go and, and dig out all the debris and remains of what's left of the balloon so that uh, our intelligence agencies can scan and, and check to see what kind of surveillance equipment was in this balloon. And uh, wouldn't it be funny if it turned out really to be a weather balloon? <laughs> w- would we ever find out? Would they ever tell us? I, uh, probably not. Um, but anyway, they're going to they're gonna check it out. And I mean, the whole thing is just... It's nonstop on the news, right? The Republicans saying this and Biden saying, oh, but there were balloons when Trump was president and he didn't shoot them down. Three, it turns out that balloons, uh, you know, balloons came across the U.S. border three times during Trump, Trump's administration and uh, spy balloons, these these awful, crazy spy balloons. You'd think that there was no spying going on on a daily basis. You'd think... The Chinese don't accumulate huge amounts of intelligence about the United States, and the United States doesn't do the same thing over China. You think that this is something new, that there's some, you know, some new data here that we've just discovered. Oh, the Chinese spy on us. Oh, my God, we should go to war with them immediately. God, the stupidity and, the, and the just the, the energy that the media and our politicians exert about stupid things. It's It's... It's this this balloon stuff is only just a little bit less stupid than a panic over TikTok. I mean, there's literally legislation, bipartisan legislation. Everybody agrees on this to ban TikTok to violate. You know, so TikTok is accumulating information about individual Americans. So what? Ooh, the Chinese government might do it to do what? To achieve what? What would be its purpose? To, to sell propaganda, yes. I mean, there's going to be propaganda from the Chinese and the Russians and Venezuelans and the American government is, is filling us with propaganda all the time. The whole point is we as individuals get to choose what to believe and what not to believe, do a little bit of research, right? figure out what's right and what's wrong. Really, we're so afraid of the Chinese, we can't, we can't have TikTok. TikTok is going to take over the world. It's going to, it's going to destroy our capacity to, 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 I don't know, to be free, to live. It's going to destroy the American political system because our political system is so weak and the Chinese are so sophisticatedly evil. They're so with it. They've got their act together. Central planning in China works perfectly. It's just... It's just... Whoops, am I frozen? 
I'm not frozen over here. You guys all, all have me frozen? Interesting. All right. I'm back. I was frozen. I'm back. It's just fear, irrational fear driving all of this. Yes, the balloon should have shot down, waiting until shooting it over the sea. Made sense, probably, given the debris and given the, 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 the very minimal intelligence that it was accumulating. Uh, and, and, you know, hopefully they can salvage it and find out exactly what they, what they actually got. Yes, it turns out there are lots of balloons flying all over the place. It might be Chinese spy balloons, South America, and maybe other places as well. Yes, there have been previous balloons. China is spying on America. I know that comes as a shock to most of you, but it is spying on America. And America spies regularly on China and, and hopefully does it in more sophisticated, more stealth ways than uh, balloons that can be easily detected. So what? I mean, China is a problem. China is a threat, particularly to Taiwan and therefore to American interests. And dealing with China, China is going to require real sophistication and real foreign policy strategy. Clearly something neither Democrats nor Republicans have the capacity for. What's scary right now is not China. What's scary right now is our politicians running around like chickens without their head cut off over TikTok and a balloon. What's scary to me is the inability or, or, or the lack of any kind of strategic vision, strategic perspective, strategy, period, on dealing with the long-term Chinese threat. What is, what is scary is the fact that at this rate, we will escalate our relationship with China as to put them into a corner where any kind of mistake will cause a war with devastating consequences to the whole world. So well, we need adults, and we, we just don't have adults in Washington. And we don't have adults in the media. And we don't have strategic thinkers, I don't think anyway, from a foreign policy perspective. Now, I don't know exactly what should be done with China in terms of foreign policy, but... I also don't have access to all the intelligence information that I assume people in Washington have. But it cannot be that the solution to China is TikTok. The solution to China might be to refocus our defense spending to deal with hypersonic missiles. Its solution might be to figure out how to improve our fleets and our navy quickly and effectively, the solution might be to figure out how to encourage Japan to accelerate even further its military buildup, given that Japan will be our primary ally in any confrontation with China. It could be some kind of military alliance or military discussions with India. It could be greater links with Australia from a military and diplomatic perspective, uh, Australia and China looks like they're reestablishing uh, their friendly relationship around trade. I, I, you know, so there are lots of things that can be done. But that would require actually long-term thinking. And, and, and the, the reality is that the Biden administration, as much as I hate those bastards, 
I've done more with regard to China, and particularly with regard to China's access to sensitive technology than anything Trump did and anything Republicans did. An alliance of the United States, South Korea, Japan, Philippines, India, Australia. There's already the alliance around submarines with Australia and the United Kingdom. But there's a lot of things one could do to send a clear message to China we will not tolerate your aggression. TikTok is not it. <laughs> Hysteria over the balloons. I mean, the Chinese must be laughing their heads off about the, the panic they have created. I mean, I would send a balloon every week. All right. I mean, hopefully we never have to talk about spy balloons again. This is so absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I talked about the fact, and and. Uh, 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 we talked about the fact last time that, you know, the U.S. has just signed an agreement to add four military bases in the Philippines. I mean, things are happening that are more strategic. And that things, again, everything's politicized, but these things are happening under the Biden administration, shockingly. And um, but everybody's going to run around about the balloon and not give, the, give any credit to the strategic things that are happening. But we need a lot more. And there needs to be real thinking about the long term and how you develop and how you get there. All right, let's see. Um, Stephen says, the United States needs to make an alliance with China and Russia for the purpose of what? Stephen is the one who wants uh, a, a authoritarian, totalitarian government in the United States. I think the purpose is to crush freedom once and for all in the U.S. That's why he wants an alliance with uh, Russia and China, because they know how to do it. So we might as well learn from the best. All right. Um, talking about China, and this is where we should be excited and where we should be talking and where we should be uh, going after the Chinese and where we should be standing up for liberty and standing up for freedom is what's going on in Hong Kong. So today, uh, the trial of uh, 47 uh, democracy, uh, uh, democracy advocates um, go on tri- went on trial in Hong Kong today. Uh, 47. These are uh, some of the people... Whoops, am I frozen again? No, I don't think I'm frozen. I think this just... Whoops, I don't know what happened there. All right, uh, 47 uh, defendants. Uh, many of them led the, the demonstrations, uh, if you remember, in 2019 and 2020. Um, many of them were political candidates who were supposed to run in the election, uh, who, who were supposed to run in the election in 2021 um, and, uh, and, and were expected to sweep into power in 2021, and they have been arrested and, and, and have been in prison since then. Uh, they are going on trial. Uh, only 16 of them are contesting the charges. Most of them are, are pleading guilty to the charges. As one of them says, take, take a, I mean, this is courage, right? This is courage. This is Nang Kin Wai, a, a way, I'm, I'm, I apologize for uh, mispronouncing his name. He was a former district official. He took the stand and he, he declared uh, you, you know, uh, 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 declared his, quote, guilt. He said, quote, 
I tried to commit subversion against the totalitarian regime, but failed. I plead guilty. Let me read that to you again. Quote, think about the courage to stand in front of a judge of a totalitarian regime and say this. Quote, I tried to commit subversion against the totalitarian regime, but failed. I plead guilty. So a lot of these are are well-known dissidents. Joshua Wong, who was one of of the Hong Kong pro-democracy main figures, Benny Tai, who's a former law professor, they've all pled guilty because the the law is what it is. It's completely irrational, and by the standard of that law, they are guilty. Um, They've already been detained for a long time, uh, since 2021, uh, and um, they expect that they will be sent to prison for for many additional years. Um, this is the true horror of the Chinese regime. This is what we should be complaining about. This is what we should be uh, bringing ambassador home over. This is the kind of suppression of liberty, suppression of freedom um, that the Chinese are responsible for all over China, but in particular in Hong Kong, which used to be one of the freest places on planet Earth, and today is just part of this totalitarian regime, um, uh, totalitarian regime. So, um, anyway. All right, let's see. Um, oh, but it's, I see. So the, the app is working, but it's not, it's not posting automatically. Uh, maybe I, I turned it on, uh, but it, it is getting me all the super chats. This is to, uh, to Miroslav's question. Um, but it's not, it's, yeah, it's not posting the, um, it's not posting to the chat where we are in terms of um, uh, money raised. Um, so, uh, yes, I think I, think I I, I didn't link it properly. Anyway, uh, so just just to keep everybody, uh, we've raised twenty five dollars out of two hundred and fifty uh, that we need to raise. Anyway, um, I will keep everybody updated on um, the uh, you know what's happening in the world around uh, freedom, around freedom fighters. I mean, I consider these Hong Kong demonstrators and these Hong Kong. Freedom fighters, some of the bravest, most courageous people on the planet. Um, I consider what China is doing here some of the most horrific action uh, on the planet. And, uh, uh, you know, just like Iran and just like others in China and just like other places around the world, like the Russian dissidents, I will keep you updated on, uh, on what is going on in the cause of liberty kind of on a global uh, sense and what's happening in, in these other countries, authoritarian countries, where people are standing up to authorities, both because I think it's, these are important stories and their stories need to be told and they need to be out there, but also because I think they can inspire you. We are all fighting for greater liberty here in the United States. If these people can do what they do under the conditions that they do it, 
with the with the, the threats that they face, certainly we could be doing more to defend uh, liberty and freedom uh, in the United States. So uh, um, I find, and plus, I find these stories incredibly inspirational, and hopefully you do too. So just in terms of, uh, you know, daily inspiration, I think uh, this is uh, incredible, incredibly uh, valuable. Um, so um, uh, these trials are going on. I'm sure we all know the verdict. They're going to be found guilty. Again, uh, only 16 of them are even challenging, uh, challenging the, uh, uh, the, the case against them. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, we'll see what kind of sentences they get. But it, it looks like the security law that we're talking about requires judges to impose minimum sentences anywhere from three to 10 years. So a lot of these people, a lot of these brave people are going to go to jail for three to 10 years um, in, in Hong Kong. Again, Hong Kong, one of my favorite places on planet Earth to go visit. And uh, super free, super exciting, super amazing. All destroyed by the Chinese. All right, uh, quick one, quick update on Iran. Um, the Supreme Leader today announced, uh, uh, Khamenei, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, announced that he is going to pardon many of the uh, people who were arrested uh, because of the demonstrations. Uh, so he, uh, this will probably apply to thousands of demonstrators are going to be pardoned and released from prison. This is good news. Um, this is good news for many of them. Uh, this is another small way in which the, the, the regime is caving, and uh, in, it, we will see kind of what the consequences of all this are going to be. The Iranians, I think, uh, dem- are demanding more. They're demanding much more. Uh, protests continue. Uh, the, the demands to replace the regime, I think, continues. Uh, and, um, but, and the regime is buckling in small ways here and there, but uh, uh, we will see how this story evolves during 2023. I think it's going to be one of the more interesting stories to watch. I still, unfortunately, do not see the mechanism by which the regime falls. So uh, for the regime to fall, there has to be some kind of mechanism. There has to be either some kind of inspirational leader that can bring out millions into the street, or there has to be some internal revolution, or there has to be a military uh, that is sick and tired of this regime, a military uprising that brings about regime change. So the exact mechanism by which the regime uh, changes is uh, is unclear. So... Um, uh, you know, we will have to uh, we will have to see uh, how it all, you know, in a sense, uh, comes together. Um, let, let me just try something out here. Um, but thousands are going to release from jail now. Interestingly enough, uh, obviously, not everybody is going to be released from jail. Um, it is only uh, those people. Um, Oops, let me just... Uh, it's only those people um, who have not been convicted of uh, certain crimes. So, for example, if you're a dual citizen, you don't get released because then they're assuming, uh, they're assuming you're a, uh, a spy. Um, if, you are, um, uh, if you are affiliated with groups hostile to the Islamic Republic, you will not be released. Uh, so... Uh, 
you know, who knows how many people that applies to. Uh, let's see, um, that's a catch-all that, that anybody can fall into easily and they can incorporate that into, uh, into anybody. So uh, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, and, then, and then, of course, anybody who's been sentenced to death it, those offenses are going to continue to be carried out. So the amnesty <clears throat> does not apply to anybody convicted of offenses carrying the death penalty. So it's going to be interesting because people are still going to be executed. When people are executed, I think that drives people into the streets um, to fight, uh, to protest. I don't think this revolution is going anywhere. I think it is, uh, it is indeed going to continue. And again, this is one of the many stories I will keep you updated through 2023. All right. Finally, um, some news from, well, there are a couple of news stories uh, from the U.S., um, but let's, uh, let's talk about this uh, story in The uh, Economist. Not a news story. This is a story we talked about on one of my shows, I don't know, a few months ago. But it made The Economist magazine. That's, that's unusual for uh, this kind of woke um, domestic uh, U.S. story to make uh, The Economist, that's unusual. But what The Economist is reporting is something that I think we all know, and, and again, we have explicitly talked about on the show in the past, and that is the University of California now. Um, University of California uh, schools are explicitly requiring uh, faculty uh, when applying for jobs to file a statement outlining their understanding of diversity they pass contributions to it and their plans of how to engage with it in the future. So every candidate for a job in um, at, at University of California system has to let the uh, let let you know let the administration or let the hiring committee know of their attitude towards diversity. Now UCLA does this and they do this pretty quietly and. Pretty much all jobs now uh, involve these kind of statements. Uh, University of California, Berkeley is doing this out in the open, and they're talking about it, and they're discussing it, and they're presenting this, so they feel no shame about this. Uh, we're talking here about every position, including positions in the sciences. So there is an uh, open position, a director of cell culture, fly food. I guess that's flies, food for flies, um, in a lab. Media, uh, media prep, that's not media prep in terms of media out there, but media for uh, in a bio lab, uh, and on-call glass washing facilities. So this is like a director of a lab, in a lab. Um, uh, you know, they need an advanced degree. They need a decade of research experience. They have to submit a curriculum vita and a cover letter and a research statement. Yeah, I mean, all of that sounds like it's related to the job of kind of being a director in a lab, right? As well as their contributions as to advancing diversity, equity, and inclusion. In uh, uh, some positions, uh, I think I reported on this last time we talked about this issue, um, they just screen out all the ones that have really, really bad DEI. They don't even look at the rest of the resume. They might be future Nobel Prize biology winners. They don't even look at them. They, you know, the first screen is the DEI. If you don't qualify DEI. Now, one of the arguments here is that because University of California is prohibited from using race to make hiring and even decisions with regard to student placement, 
there, there was a ballot initiative in California uh, that uh, made it illegal to use affirmative action at the universities. This is just a replacement for that. Uh, it'll be interesting if California, and, and interesting, every time that ballot initiative comes up to be challenged, you think leftist California, they'll, they'll, of course they want affirmative action. It, it, it fails. That is, uh, this is policy, anti-affirmative action California. It, is, oh, it continues to be reinstated by a significant majority of voters. That is, even leftist Californians don't want affirmative action, affirmative action, which is, I think, interesting in and of itself. So the universities, given that the universities as left as California is, given that the UC system is further to the left. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Left than the average Californian. They keep finding different ways to figure out how to create affirmative action without actually having the f- affirmative action. And they do this, I guess, through these DEI, um, uh, DEI uh, statements. You see this throughout um, uh, throughout. Now, I'm not that worried about the California school system doing this because at the end of the day, what is going to happen? Two things I think happen. One is people figure out how to game the system. Uh, I'm sure already today you can ask ChatGPT to create a DEI statement for you and ChatGPT will do a pretty good job and, and, and submit that statement. In other words, I'm sure that you can look up online to find a generic DEI acceptable statement and then modify it a little bit to, to, to make the case. And I'm sure almost everybody's submitting basically the basic stuff that they need to in order to get in. So one is it, it becomes a perfunctory standard hurdle that you have to pass, but no big deal beyond that. But let's say that isn't the case. Let's say they're really taking this seriously and this is a big deal. Well, then California universities will become, will start hiring based on something insignificant. The quality of their research and the quality of the science will decline. And the California uh, institutions like Berkeley and, and, and uh, UCLA and other state uh, institutions under the University of California umbrella will just decline in quality. Less people want to go work there. Um, uh, they, they will have uh, fewer uh, sophisticated scientists. But the good scientists are going to find places to work. They might go to MIT. They might go to other universities that don't use DEI statements. DEI is diversity, equity, and inclusion. They'll go to other universities that don't use uh, DEI statements. They'll go to, I, mean, I don't know if Stanford uses them or not. I wouldn't be surprised if they do. But there are lots of universities. Maybe they'll go to the University of Texas system or the University of Florida system or other places 
the better scientists will find jobs, the better scientists will have access. What you'll see is a decline in the University of California and an increase elsewhere. This takes time. It's unfortunate. Resources would be wasted. It's sad to see California schools, which are some of the best in the world, declining, but that is the consequence of, of, of the actions. Uh, in many ways, much more scary than this is the fact that now uh, government, the federal government, the federal government, which is a massive allocator of funds for basic research, are starting to use DEI uh, statements. For example, the Department of Energy, which funds research on nuclear and plasma physics, nuclear and plasma physics, will require all grant applicants to submit plans on, quote, promoting inclusive and equitable research. I mean, uh, we all know that plasma physics uh, is riddled with racist policies, riddled with racist research, and non-inclusive research, anti-inclusive research. Uh, so it's a real relief that now uh, when you apply for a, a grant for plasma research, we can get now, uh, well, now that research will now be more equitable and, and less. I mean, this is absurd. And this is uh, truly insane. Since 2021, the Brain Initiative at the National Institute of Health has required prospective grantees to file a plan for enhancing diversity perspectives. Because we know that different races have different perspectives on issues of, I don't know, brain biology. Teams must be diverse to do this investigating. Now, note that this has multiple effects. One is it basically involves massive waste of money. People are going to be hired just so they can have a diverse research team. That means research teams will decline in quality. It means that money will be allocated not very effectively. The government doesn't do a great job allocating money anyway, but now it will be even less effective. This is one of the main reasons why I – one of the main reasons why in my um, – uh, in my argument to change the American Constitution to have four separations, one of the separations is a separation from state and science. The state should not be involved in science, should not be, be giving scientific grants, should not be involved in determining what science is good, what science is, is bad. The state should not have an opinion about science one way or the other and should not be funding any of it. Uh, you know, that goes together with the separation of state from education. But so you get less efficient, as bad as government funding of science is, it now becomes worse. And then you get bad teams. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, what you get is a complete politicization of science. What you get in this is, is, is DEI becoming just part of the culture, being everywhere, people getting jobs based on it, and, and, and it becomes to dominate everything we do. And that is a recipe for America to become, to, to dramatically decline in terms of science, technology, in terms of everything that we do. This is a way for us to, to, to clearly lose whatever it is that has made America special. Now, I mean, maybe one of the positive things is that most scientists, over 50% of scientists in the STEM uh, areas, are, um, are immigrants. 
So maybe, maybe they fit into DEI categories. Although many of them are probably Asians and that probably disqualifies them. So it's just, it's just bewildering and mind-boggling, right? That uh, this is an issue that what we should really be concerned about is the efficiency of government funding of science, which is very low. And we should be finding ways to increase that efficiency because future technological progress depends, to, at least to some extent, on basic research being done today. And sadly, almost all basic research is government funded. So this, it would be good if, if the funding was as good as it could be. You know, in the Harvard Law Review, encourages prospective editors to submit alongside the application, this is students, right, a 200-word statement to identify and describe aspects of your identity, including, but not limited to, racial or ethnic identity, socioeconomic background, disability, physical, intellectual, cognitive, neurological, psychiatric, sensory, developmental, or other, and gender identity. And the list goes on. I mean, this is intersectionality as applied to hiring, uh, the lower down on the totem pole you are in terms of the more oppressed you are, then the more likely it is you to be hired by the Harvard Review, uh, Law Review and other such places. Uh, this is egalitarianism in action. This is the elevation, and, and it's the more miserable and pathetic and oppressed you present yourself as being, the more virtuous you are and the more deserving of a position and a job and dollars and money you become. And this is a way of America to become irrelevant. Now, there is a huge backlash of this, of course. And part of that backlash is uh, Republican-led state legislators are forcing, eradicating this, you know, in, uh, whether it's Florida Stop Woke Act, which is probably massive overreach by the, by the state government, uh, but uh, the elimination of DEI, which I think it makes a lot more sense. I think what, what state legislators can do is they can prohibit universities from using DEI. If, if it's true that DEI matters, that they're taking it seriously at places like UC, that would lead talent to ultimately be hired at places that where DEI is not used, uh, maybe University of Florida, Texas systems. You would expect to see a brain drain from one place to another. We'll wait and see. On the other hand, um, uh, you know, this could be very much is a fad. So uh, this is what a, a, a Janet Haley from a professor of law at Harvard, of all places, says. She says, bureaucratizing ideology saps sincerity. She says, people will utter the hocus pocus. They know what they're being required to put on an act. And that's going to create cynicism about the very values that the people who put these requirements into place care about. Uh, quote, forced speech and viewpoint discrimination is a First Amendment issue. You know, the courts are probably going to rule against it. It's probably going to be broken up. You know, the, the court is probably going to make race-based um, uh, admission into college uh, illegal. The Supreme Court will probably do that uh, very soon. It could very well that the courts, uh, you know, uh, uh, make DEI hiring illegal as well in the future. Who knows? So, I, you know, I can't see this continuing, and I see the damage hopefully minimized, it, but it is creating just, just a crazy, and I'd hate to be somebody in the job market right now being forced to write a stupid DEI statement in order to get a job. I mean, when I was up for a job in um, 
This is 1993. Uh, you know, interviewed in 92 and 93. Um, all this was relevant even back then. So we always think woke. Oh, my God. I was basically told by the department that ultimately hired me that they couldn't offer me a job immediately because there was a black female candidate on the job market that in order to satisfy the administration, they had to offer her a job, even though they wanted me over her. But they had to offer her a job because they needed to at least show that they tried to hire a black or woman. And I, I mean, she was the dream because it was a black and a woman. But then the guy, the chairman of the department told me, don't worry, because everybody's offering her a job. She is the most desired candidate on the job market this year. Not because she's the best, but because she's a black female. So they offered her a job. She declined it. She landed up, I think, going to Ohio State or something like that, a, a much more prestigious university in terms of finance. And this is the finance department. This is Santa Clara University, a Jesuit university. So this kind of stuff has been going on forever. It just disguises itself in different ways, and, and they go through different rituals, and they play different games. It's just sickening. It's sickening. And it's gotten to the point where it's even crazier now than it was back then. All right, um, that's all I had. I've got a bunch of other stuff, but it'll wait for it will wait for tomorrow. Um, probably do another uh, vaccine vaccine hysteria uh, segment tomorrow uh, to piss off all the people who got pissed off by my previous vaccine hysteria. I also lost a bunch of subscribers because I did that thing on vaccines. Uh, as soon as that short video came out with me uh, talking about the vaccines, uh, you know. Th- I lost subscribers. So we're going to do it again, uh, you know, because uh, I'm about the truth and not about subscriptions. All right, Paul says, okay, so we're, we're about halfway, $125. Uh, we need $125, about a dollar a piece from everybody listening right now would get us there. So uh, please consider doing that. If you enjoy the show and you get any value, show value for value. Thank you, David. Thank you, Anonymous User. Thank you, Valdrin. Thank you, Gail. Thank you, Fred Hopper. Thank you, Che. They all did stickers where they didn't even ask a question. They just contributed somewhere from between 2 to $5. But if you do that, if everybody listening does that right now, we blow away the number. So uh, uh, please consider doing that. All right. And somebody wants to do $100 and, and just get us over the hump, that's cool as well. All right. Uh, uh, Paul says uh, for $20 for the voice of reason, really writes the three R's. Uh, oh, sorry. For the voice of reason, re- reality. I can't, I can't read. God. For the voice of reason, reality, rights. The three R's. Thank you, Paul. I really, really appreciate that. Thanks for the support. Okay, Caleb says, um, looks like there's been some good movement in school choice policy recently. Yeah, I mean, on a, this is primarily on a state-to-state basis. We'll see what happens in Arizona. Arizona has, uh, has moved the furthest. We'll see if, what the governor tries to do to stop that. Remember, because Republicans chose Carrie Lake to run, um, uh, you know, she lost. And as a consequence, Arizona has a Democratic governor who might try to undo the school choice. But yes, yeah, school choice is moving forward slowly. 
under uh, in in a variety of Republican uh, states. I wish it was faster, uh, but every time something passes, uh, school the, the teachers unions sue, and then it goes to the courts, and you have to redo the legislation. So these processes are taking a long time. But what we need is basically um, what Arizona gave us, which is basically applying um, a, a, a education saving accounts to all children. And if we could do that, that would be a revolution in this country. But, but what we need is more states to embrace that. And that should be the priority. You know, with all due respect to DeSantis in Florida, that's the priority. I mean, imagine if DeSantis passed real school choice, that is, education saving accounts in Florida. And with the Republican majority in the House and Senate, passed it, rammed it through. I don't think the courts could do anything to overturn it. Um, and, and imagine you did that in a state like Florida with as many children as they have. I mean, that would be a real revolution. Why isn't he focused on that instead of all this? Because it's, it's not as important to the culture wars. It's not as important to his 2024 ambitions. Sadly. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you're following this, but we will talk about this in a future show. Trump just doesn't let go. I mean, he's attacking DeSantis almost every day. And DeSantis just is quiet. He's, he's just not saying anything. It's, it really is. Um, he really is uh, just letting Trump make a fool of himself by attacking constantly DeSantis. I mean, Trump is worried. And he's trying to make a dent even before DeSantis announces his run. Um, he's also, uh, Trump is, you know, going after Haley. I mean, he's, he'll do more of that uh, as this progresses. Um, all right. Um, let's see. Where was I? Yes, yeah, Sean. Uh, Sean says, EU now mandates companies disclose all salary info prior to any interview process is started. What damage does this sort of intervention cause? Um, I mean, what I've seen is that what, they, what companies are doing is they're, they're, they're announcing such salary ranges that, again, it, it makes these things meaningless. And that, that's usually what happens with a lot of this really, really stupid and irrational legislation is what often happens is that companies find ways around it. Companies find ways to circumvent it. And in this case, what companies are doing is basically giving all salaries such a large range that the company still has a lot of maneuverability within that. Um, but what this causes um, uh, ultimately is a, an inability of, of companies to actually engage in um, real negotiations uh, with, their, uh, with their employees. It creates standardization over time. It, 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 it will create... Uh, you know, if their jobs overseas and if immigration allowed it, it will create um, migration out of EU for the real talent that might exceed the range that's being approved or the range that is acceptable. And it, it just it eliminates a little bit more flexibility in the economy. And it's not so onerous that it's Im imminently destructive. But these are the little things that chip away at freedom, that chip away at labor flexibility, the chip away at employee-employee, employer-employee ability to negotiate just chips away and just makes everything a little less free and a little less efficient. But you don't see radical, immediate, bad stuff happening. And that's why they can keep getting away with it, because they can hide the, the, the awful consequences. 
Um, all right, we're, let's see, where are we? We're, oh, still got 110 to raise. Yeah, it's still true that about a dollar from every person listening and we're there. All right. Jeffrey says, my brother works in IT for UC Davis and had to express his commitment to DEI to get the job. Yeah, it's like an oath of allegiance. I swear that I am committed to DEI, to the to diversity and racism and bigotry. I swear commitment to bigotry. Um, and please give me a job. I mean, not because remember DEI is judging people based on their race and based on their ethnic background or whatever. DEI, by its very nature, is a racist policy. All these statements are pure racism. And uh, so basically when you're swearing allegiance to these things, you're swearing allegiance to racist policies. All right. Oh, thank you, Martin. Um, uh, 20 euro. Uh, Given an opportunity, would you give a talk at an event like Anarcho... Anarcho... On a topic like, for example, white government is a necessary good or the morality of selfishness. No, I mean, I, I, I don't want to go to an anarchist conference and give a talk. The, the, and there's no value to it because the reality is that nobody at attending an anarchist conference is really open to arguments against anarchy. Um, I'd much rather give an anti-anarchist co- conference at a place where people are going who, who might be just intrigued you know, at, at a more general libertarian conference to give people more ammunition against anarchy. So, uh, and it it just, and it grants a sanction to, I think, to the nutcases. I, you know, I'm, I'm happy to talk about anarchy, debate some anarchists, not all anarchists, but I don't think anarchy, qua anarchy, is really, particularly in the form that it'll probably take at a conference like this, is, is a legitimate thing to, to debate. It, it, you know, I, I don't want to give it the moral sanction. Okay, Caleb. Um, DeSantis, DeSantis seems to be pushing anti-woke education policy at the federal level. That's got to be worse than localized evil woke education stuff, right? I mean, anything federalized with regard to education is really, really bad and should be eliminated. It's also a violation of free speech if you start pushing it at that kind of level or at any level, really. Um, and, and, and violating parents' rights. I mean, the whole anti-woke thing is ridiculous. What if I'm a parent and I believe in woke and I want my kids to get exposed to woke education? Uh, this is the problem of federalizing, actually giving the government any kind of authority about education, about any of these kind of things. Chicken from Norway. What do you think about Netflix sharing is caring advertising strategy now struggling with a lot of people outraged by not being able to split one account on four users and a like anymore. Have a great day. I mean, I, you know, whatever Netflix wants to do, if, if Netflix wants to allow people to share their password, let them do it. If, 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 if Netflix doesn't, let them do that and let people make decisions. I mean, I've always been shocked at Netflix's willingness to let people share passwords. I mean, I think that undermines their business model. Um, why would they allow that? Um, it, you know, so it seems weird. You, sh- you should be able to somehow confirm that it's one subscription per household or one subscription to per something so that you can't just whatever, uh, you know, disregard it, completely disregard the whole process. So, um, I, so I, 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 I sympathize with Netflix wanting to limit it. Um, I would if I were them. 
how you do it, what people out there, what they care about or don't care about, that's a different question, and we'll see. We'll see if this hurts or helps their business. At the end of the day, it's a purely business decision. There's no ethics or philosophy guiding here. It's just business. It doesn't make sense from a business perspective or not. Adam says, I think that theocratic Republicans will stop school choice because they want all kids to learn creationism, the anthropic principle, substitute for reason and science. Look at what they did to Disney, your opinion. I mean, I think there's definitely um, a momentum among Republicans or among, put it this way, conservatives to, to, to go against school choice. This certainly is uh, the agenda of the national conservatives. It's the agenda, certainly the agenda of the um, integralists, the Catholic integralists, conservatives, the, the, the uh, common good conservatives. They don't want school choice. They don't want you to be able to teach your kids uh, woke if you want to. They don't want to be, allow you to teach your kids uh, whatever you want to teach them, right? So I, I, I really do think that it, it, the, 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 the deeper we dig in terms of conservative ideology, the more we will find that they're actually against uh, school choice. And I think that's why somebody like DeSantis is not pushing it. The clearly... Clearly, the national conservatives don't want it. They want to control your kids. They want to control their minds. They want to control what, what goes into those minds. They don't want real free education. They've never, you know, so uh, the more the conservative movement moves towards the, conservative, the national conservatives or towards the integralists, the less school choice there will be. So it's a battle happening right now within the Republican Party. And, and again, Trump has brought to the forefront all the national conservatives, the integralists, the, the, the people who hate our liberty. And um, that's what I hated about Trump more than anything else. And the Republican Party is going to suffer the consequence of that. Thank you, Adam. All right, Colleen, thank you. Shazba, thank you. Melinda, $50. Really, really appreciate that. And now we've got Pitch It Sideways just come, came in with 100 bucks. Uh, 100 bucks because you're the truth and not subscriptions. <laughs> You're about the truth and not subscriptions, absolutely. And I've been listening to Rules for Life while working out. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, I'm I'm really glad people are still listening to Rules for Life. It's it, it, there's a whole um, what do you call it? A playlist Rules for Life. So it's easy to access. But please, those of you who are new to the show, those of you coming in and out, uh, go back and listen to those. They they seem to inspire a lot of people. I'm really happy with the, with with the way they turned out. Uh, until one day we might have a book about them, about Yuan's Rules for Life. Please consume those shows. So thank you, Pitch It Sideways. And yes, I am about the truth and not subscriptions. Um, if I'd be in subscriptions, I, it would be easy to get a lot more than I have going back, uh, going back uh, five, six, seven years. Uh, but you will get the truth as I see it. I may be wrong. I may make mistakes. But I'm not going to play any games with you guys. Um, all right, let's see. So we've blown away the goal, so we're doing great. Thanks, everybody. Uh, I'm Meerkat. I like Chip Wars. Thanks for the recommendation. My pleasure. Apollo Zeus, why you can't prove the nature of reality? Because you'd have to be outside of reality to prove it. I mean, what, what, the nature of reality is what it is. That's what you're doing. You're discovering the nature of reality. Uh, you, you, you know, the nature of reality is is what's out there that we are discovering. Proof requires you to go outside of reality in order to prove it. 
if I understand your question right. Bree says the Republicans still want control over the school curriculum, so they don't want school choice either. That's right. So we just talked about that. Absolutely. Uh, Big Worm, thoughts on the trial of Douglas McKay charged with election interference or making memes and misleading posts on Twitter. You could, of course, answer tomorrow if you don't have know enough about it. I don't know enough about it, so let me copy-paste that, and I'll try to answer that uh, uh, that tomorrow. I've got a list of... Uh, so I'll look, I'll look into that. But it sounds, just offhand, um, that that would, that would be a violation of his First Amendment right. So uh, it, it, I wonder what the spin is there, but we'll look into that. Uh, all right, everybody. Um, thank you. I will... Uh, Apollo Zeus says, Objectivism is a lens, but not the truth. Uh, Objectivism is the, the, the tools. You have to discover the truth. But I think objectivism is true to, to, to the extent that I understand objectivism. Objectivism is a philosophy. It's a theory about, about the world. And I think, to, I think objectivism is true. I don't think it's the truth, but I think it is true. All right. Thanks, everybody. I will see you all tomorrow morning. Thanks for the super chatters. We did phenomenally well this morning. Um, and I will see you all tomorrow morning. Bye, everybody.